You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. But he wants us to move beyond failure. He really has provided everything we need for life and godliness. We can live in victory. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has taken you, but such is common to man. And God will, with the temptation, make a way of escape. Now, that is mysterious because I know I won't be sinless until I see him and get a new body where sin doesn't dwell in its members. However, that verse promises me that I can live in victory. And so can you. Have you achieved perfection yet? Of course not. As long as you walk in the flesh, you're going to deal with the sins of the flesh. But as Pastor Danny explains in today's message, this doesn't mean that you admit defeat and just allow Satan to walk all over you with temptation after temptation. You can live in victory. Through faith in the work Christ did on the cross, you are made righteous in God's sight. And he gives you the Holy Spirit to guide, comfort, and help you resist a life of sin. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 3 with today's edition of The Living Word. Hebrews chapter 2. Chapter 1, the writer cites seven Old Testament passages proving that Jesus Christ is greater than the angels. He did that because Christ, the sole mediator of the new covenant, has to be greater than the angels because it was angels that mediated the old covenant received by Moses, the covenant of law. Then chapter 2, we got into some of the reasons the new covenant is better than the old covenant. Uh, For example, Christ's sacrifice secured what man lost in the Garden of Eden when he fell into sin. And that was the dominion that God intended for him. That dominion will be restored and has been regained for us through Christ. And one day we will rule and reign with him for a thousand years and then for eternity. Not only that, Christ's sacrifice guarantees our resurrection. That's why the Christian should not fear death. There's nothing to fear. Third, because Jesus Christ is God come in the flesh in a human body. His sacrifice as a human being was sufficient to pay the price for our sin. A human being had to die for human beings. And his blood was the only blood that could be shed because it wasn't tainted by sin. And then fourth, and this is where we talked a lot about last week or began to, the last part of chapter 2 verse 17, for this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. I like that. I like that. Now, how does he help us? Well, we began that last week and uh, I expected to spend more time on these first couple of points, but that's not the way the Lord led. But let me just go back again where we kind of laid the ending last week for the beginning of this week. How does he help us? He helps us because he sympathizes with us. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, not arrogance, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. When do you need that? Grace and mercy. When you fail. When you fail. And 
Jesus, even though he never failed, and we mentioned it last week, he knows what we're going through. He knows it more than we do because he never sinned. He never gave in to temptation. We know what it is to give in to temptation. He knows what it is to face every temptation to the ultimate degree and never give in to it. As a matter of fact, he died not giving in to temptation. Okay? So he knows it in a way we don't know it. And because he does, he sympathizes with us. I know what you're going through. Even though I never gave in, I know even more than you because I never gave in. And he sympathizes. Second, I like the second one. He provides grace and mercy. We just read it chapter four, grace and mercy when we fail. I am so thankful that when I fail, he doesn't just slap me upside the head and say, that's enough with you. I can come before his throne and find grace. Grace is getting what I don't deserve and find mercy, and that's not getting what I do deserve. So not only do I not get what I do deserve, I get what I don't deserve. Amazing. Amazing. Foolish thing, and yet it's our tendency is when we fail as Christians to run from God, to hide our sin. But that's our tendency. But what we need to do immediately after the failure is run to him. Run to him because there's grace and mercy waiting. So he sympathizes with us. He provides grace and mercy when we fail. Just ask King David. By the way, you can fail at any point along the way. You can fail the same day you gave your life to Christ. You can fail the first week of your Christian life. You can fail the second year. You can fail the 40th year after walking with the Lord for 40 years. David was an older saint when he walked out on his balcony that night and he saw Bathsheba bathing. And a seasoned saint fell into terrible sin. And that sin led to more sin. And what an, what an awful thing. And yet he writes Psalm 51. And in Psalm 51, he says, Lord, blot out my transgression. And that's exactly what God did. Cleanse me with hyssop. And that's what God did. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. And that's what God did. But David kept it hidden, tried to cover it up. And finally, Nathan the prophet pointed in his face and said, you're the man. You're the one that needs to come clean. And David did. And when he did, there was grace and mercy. David should have been stoned under the law. He should have died. But there was grace and mercy. Now, the third way he helps us, and this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time today. He sympathizes with us. He provides grace and mercy when we fail. And listen, he provides everything we need to live in victory. That's important because some people focus on the second way he helps us, the grace and the mercy. I've heard people actually say, what a foolish thing to say, but some people say, maybe you do it innocently. Well, don't do it after today. They say, I know it's wrong, but he'll forgive me. I know it's wrong, but he'll forgive me. And they presume upon his grace and look to take advantage of his mercy. Listen, if that's your attitude in life and you say, I know it's wrong, but you do it anyway... You really ought to examine your heart. Do you really know him? Because those who really know him, you want to please him. All he's done for us, and we don't want to please him. But some people, I know it's wrong, but he'll forgive me. No, 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 listen. There is grace, there is mercy when we fail. Thank God for that. But he wants us to move beyond failure. He really has provided everything we need for life and godliness. We can live in victory. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 
No temptation has taken you, but such is common to man. And God will, with the temptation, make a way of escape. Now, that is mysterious because I know I won't be sinless until I see him and get a new body where sin doesn't dwell in its members. However, that verse promises me that I can live in victory. And so can you. Now, let's talk about this in detail. He provides everything we need. What has he given us? Now, there's a lot of angles to this. You could, you could, I almost went to the warfare in Ephesians and the armor that he's provided for us, but that's, that's for another time. Here's how he's provided for us. First and foremost, Hebrews chapter 3. Look at it with me. Verses and chapter headings in the Bible were put there by man to help us locate things, but sometimes they do us a disservice because last week, the last verse we read, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Now look at the first word in chapter 3. Therefore, based on what we just heard, therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confessed. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, old covenant, testifying to what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, And we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. The hope of which we boast is one day we're going to be with him. One day we're going to be like him in every way in the sense that we'll have bodies where sin doesn't dwell and we won't have to struggle with temptation and sin anymore. I can't wait for that day. And courage. Why do we need courage? Because the Christian life is a life of self-denial of daily taking a cross and suffering. That's what it's about. Jesus said, you want to be my disciple? You can't be my disciple unless you deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Now, here's the deal. Here's what he's done for us. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. That's what the Bible says. He's the author and the perfecter. That word author in the Greek is used in several different ways, and one of the main ways it's used It speaks of, and it means someone who's blazed the trail, blazed the trail. He's the author. He's blazed the trail. And he says, now, here's the way. See, Christ doesn't say, there's the way. You go do it. No, he's already gone. And he says, I have gone ahead of you, and I have laid you an example. And if you will follow me, you will live in victory. We're so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience. Pastor Danny will continue his study in the book of Hebrews next time, so we hope you'll join us again. We'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us as we continue to share the hope of salvation with the world. Would you join us in praying for the listeners of The Living Word? Pray that God would touch each person with His love and open their hearts to the truth of His Word. Please pray for us also. We want to continue following God's plan for this program no matter where He asks us to go. We know the power of prayer, and we appreciate you doing this for us. 
Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to The Living Word? This program is professionally produced to provide the best quality messages possible so as not to distract from the message of the Bible. That does incur some costs, however, so if you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the online giving guide under Forms. Any and all amounts are greatly appreciated and will be used to share the good news of Jesus' love for the world. Thank you for praying about this. That website once more is ccfstpete.church. With that, we've come to an end of our time with you today. We pray that God continues to bless you as you study His Word and open your heart to His unending love and grace. Thanks again for tuning in today to The Living Word.